Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Um, my my main goal for us, for this show, Gary, is to both of us leave with our, our throwing elbows intact. I feel like <laughs> if we can do that, avoid any Tommy John situations, then we're, we're, we'll be good. Oh, man, I wish we could figure <laughs> out what was causing it. I mean, I wish somebody, some medical genius could come up with an explanation of how it can be avoided, how it can be figured out that it's coming, how, you know, but it doesn't seem like it's out there, Jim. And we'll, we'll get into the injury yeah. situation yeah. later, but let's start with the, with a few fresh moves, right? Mm-hmm. So Kanan Smith and Jigba gets called back up. And Chase DeYoung again gets DFA'd. I think that was pretty easy to see coming. I was a little bit shocked that they gave him another shot in the first place. Maybe maybe they kind of felt like it was time to do that just to, to clear the way if, if it didn't work out. Yeah, it looked like um, this was kind of just going to see if they could tap in anything that he had last year, see how it went. Um, but boy... Um, did that look like a guy who didn't have anything left? Um, yeah. it was it was tough to watch, but yeah, I mean, that was an easy call. Um, CSN, um, been hitting the ball pretty well, showing some pop. Um, you know, so that didn't surprise me. I mean, I, I heard I, a I lot more. He pl- hope he plays a little bit. I heard a lot more calls for Cal Mitchell recently, so. I mean, I think maybe that was a 40-man thing, but they they have like 38, I think, right now. But you got to figure one of them is going to go to choice soon, so maybe you don't necessarily want to mess with it. Kranich maybe is, is getting close to like uh, starting some rehab outings. Right. So, I don't, and if they choose to use him out of the bullpen, that could be a relatively quick trip for him, you know? Yeah. That and, might and, even but- be the path. And and real quick about Kyle Mitchell, like, um, you know, I just look at it for me personally. I mean, just I think we know what Kyle Mitchell is at this point um, within reason, obviously. But but Kane Smith and Jig was the one that's got some upside to him. And I really want to see him play more. Uh, so that's 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 why I didn't care that it was him over someone like Cal Mitchell. Yeah, the thing that's a little strange about it is I'm not a hundred percent sure how he and Josh Palacios can coexist on on a roster right now. Um, and I I think their best defensive alignment in the outfield is Jack Sawinski in right field, right? G1 Bay in center field. Brian Reynolds in left field. Mm-hmm. To me, that's your ideal setup. I think I do that most nights. Maybe you swap out Jack for a little bit with Connor Joe because he hits too. Right. That's fine. But base hitting lefties just fine. <clears throat> I just play that for a while. So I'm not necessarily sure that any reserve outfielder is going to get a whole ton of playing time. 
that that that's why I mentioned that I was like, you know, um, it'll be a shame if they just call him back up and kind of revert to what they were doing with him. But that could easily happen. Palacios hasn't embarrassed himself. Here. Exactly. Yeah. You I, know, um, that's why I kind of questioned the move right now, because I I guess I felt like, well, aren't we still kind of exploring Palacios? He's 27 years old. You're giving him a shot. I get it. I'm not really thinking it's got legs or anything, but he's doing, he's holding his own right now. So I get giving him some playing time. This would seem to signify, eh, we've kind of seen enough. Yeah. But as, as, as it stands right now, they they have to work around both of them. So yeah, yeah I don't know how, I, I don't know how that's going to shake out either. Unless there's something that they already know that this is just going to be super temporary and it's, you know, Palacios is not going to be there. I would have a hard time believing CSN's. This is going to be short, a short, short stay for him. What if they have been secretly teaching him first base? <laughs> CSN? Yeah. Wouldn't that be incredible if, like, if we were just one day look at the lineup and there he is at first base? We'd both be like, where was this? <laughs> hey, hey, the guys comes from an athletic family. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't poo-poo it until I saw it at least, you know? Yeah. I mean, that'd be, that'd be kind of a nice surprise, but I mean, Chase DeYoung, he gave us, I think, a good amount of work last year and whether his uh, peripherals looked good or not, what was, was he, he gave us valuable innings last year. I hold him no ill will. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I said I said that too, Gary. I was like, you know, people people were celebrating, and I'm like, I'm not dancing on anyone's career grave, you know. Um, I thought it was a cool story last year. He made himself viable. Yes, he had yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of luck with things, but those are the, those are the guys you hope that that can do well and find spots. So, if that was it for him and it kind of looked like it was at least for with the Pirates. Yeah. Um he gave us innings last year. Yeah. I mean, he got a good long run in in the major leagues even if right. he never makes a return trip. You know, um mm -hmm. pretty impressive. I mean, a testament to just working hard. That that dude was an independent ball. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all yeah. up and down the minors like probably never had the stuff to actually play in, in major leagues, just got good enough at hitting spots to fake it and make it for a year. <laughs> right, right. Really. And kudos to him, Chase DeYoung, really good guy by all accounts too. So yeah. sayonara. Yep. And, and, you know, these are the innings we talk about all over the place when we talk about, you know, some of these guys getting hurt and some of these yeah. guys being not effective, it's, it does start to add up a little bit. I mean, we're already what we've lost two fifths of the starting rotation to, yeah. to Tommy John, JT regardless Brubaker. of what people think of them. Yep. JT Brubaker and Vince Velasquez. If you want to talk about Mike Burroughs, I think he was probably counted on for innings this year. Um, Let's add his innings in. Let's say all three of them together. You add up what those be, how many innings that a pitching staff needs to cover over a year. It's about 1,458, something like that, give or take, because sometimes you don't pitch nine innings. Sometimes you pitch extra innings. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere around there. Three starting pitchers were going to eat a chunk of that. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a lot to cover, Jim. And a lot to ask of a very young staff. Maybe that's what something we should pick up with when we come back, huh? Let's do it. Yeah. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Right, and we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. We're flying by ourselves because it was Ben's birthday. And yep. uh, we had to move the show a little bit to help accommodate the celebration thereof. So happy <laughs> birthday, little dude. And I won't be able to call you little dude for much longer. So I'm going to get away with it while I can. Yes, yeah. yes. And we'll get back to our regular schedule at some point. But, uh, you know, life happens. Your kids are old, man. You, you, you're you on easy street now. This is true. But I also have a wife that celebrates a birthday week, my friend. Not mm. a birthday, a birthday mm. week. So we, we must celebrate Sheba all week <laughs> long during that week, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I, I feel for you on that one. No, actually, tonight she's down at the stadium, and I'm here doing this pre. Oh, really? Yeah, with with you. Um, she's she's down there for uh, Pride Night. She's an advocate, so very she's cool down there uh, hanging out. But um, back to what we were talking about the pitching yeah. staff. Here's what I'm a little worried about. It's very young, and even if they get it, it's a lot of innings to ask of a very young pitching staff. I know we have a little bit of reinforcements to, that we think we might be able to play with. Like, I think there's a chance we get innings out of Quinn Priester. I think there's a chance we get innings out of Jared Jones. And I think there's a chance we get innings out of Osvaldo Beto. That's what I think. I don't think they all have to be right now, but I think they, we're probably going to get some innings out of them. I feel like they have to make a trade at the deadline this year in or out just because they have to get more starting pitching. They have yeah. to get help. <clears throat> well, as you're, as you're talking, I'm even looking at guys like Oviedo and yes, he's a big, big horse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already pitched 65 innings this year. You know, they're asking um, them to carry a heavier load than they have in the past. They, they you know, that we went yeah. really quickly. There was no dimmer switch here. It was very on off. We were barely letting guys get to five innings last year. This yeah. year, man, he's letting them push the envelope a lot. Yeah. So he'll be a cl- real quick adjustment. He'll be at a career high in innings pitched by the All Star break. Right. So big guy probably can handle it, but you start to see where even those types of guys, you start to wonder about workload as the season goes on. Yeah, 
So, I mean, it's a quandary, <laughs> man. And, and for now, you kind of got to make, make sure that you got enough to get through to the all-star break. So Rwanzi being a little shaky recently, that's a big concern, you know, <laughs> and, and what, what's going wrong with him right now is starting to feel like something they really do need to get in the lab. It feels like that has to happen in the bullpen for a little bit. Unless it's something real quick they can identify, but it feels to me like they need to work together a little bit. He's looking really lost, and I don't know that I ever envisioned that for him. Um, He just didn't seem like the kind of guy that would ever get to that point. But, you know, it happens to hitters. Guys just look, I mean, they just completely look lost and every once in a while you see it with pitchers and he even said you know his arm he doesn't even feel like his arm is part of his body right now and that that's you know i i appreciate the frankness um i've never heard a pitcher say that before i mean we're talking through a translator too you know and there are times when i only say that because there are times when a latin player is the, the translation is usually pretty frank I try not to read emotion into it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because th- there's it's a very direct language, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, which usually I, tends I don't know. To go well I don't think he was mad. I just think he's kind of disillusioned right now. And oh, yeah, I think it was honesty. It was just honesty. It feels like it feels like both sides need to take a little chill pill. It almost feels like they're pushing against each other about what's best for him. You know? Yeah. So. Let's get in the bullpen and let's see if we can figure this out. In the meantime, somebody's got to come up. I don't necessarily think that's Quinn Priester. Jared Jones, I think, has the stuff to get MLB pitcher er, batters out. At least at first, you know, before he scouted properly and everything. Right. You could have a Luis Ortiz type run, is what I'm saying. That said, he just got to Altoona. So is it too early to consider that? Or is stuff stuff and you just, when you find it, you do it? Or do you well, go Osvaldo Bido? You know, um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know, Gary, because you, you look at this next month, they've got a lot of stuff starts they got i mean they've got uh how many games in how many days um, yeah, I, I did the math the other day i think it's uh 29 and 31 right so yeah. you know that would be taxing for a team that is at full strength and you're trying to navigate that let alone where the pirates are with you know injuries so right um your point stands that you would think that they might be looking for somebody. Boy, I hope it's not just some total, you know, scrap heap guy. That, that, Jim, I got to be honest. I don't think, I don't think the league is ready for that kind of movement yet. As far as teams knowing what they're doing, you mean? There's only right. a few teams that I think right now would be willing to tell their fan base we're done. You know, and that right now you'd have to be thinking Kansas City and you'd have to be thinking athletics. We know the athletics don't have pitching. Um, 
the pitching they did have is also having Tommy John. So <laughs> they're they're hurting too, man. Well, maybe we'll like, just collect more of them. <laughs> well, the I don't thing know. is, we're not going to get that. Like right now, I don't think. I don't think you're going to find anybody that's willing to move something good. Uh, and I think that's what they need is something good. They need somebody that can actually hold down a, a rotation spot. Yeah. That's minimum requirement right now. And I don't see that right at the beginning here of June. You know, you start getting into like later June and you, and, and teams start really seeing themselves separate. Maybe mm-hmm. then you start having some talks. But yeah. Take a piece. Well, it would. I mean, but <laughs> you know, you got a thousand year old Rich Hill, you know, who knows how that's going to go um, the rest of the year with yeah. just his, his, him being healthy. Uh, the Rowanzi situation's a bit of a mess. Uh, Oviedo, we've talked about him. Uh, you've got Ortiz. Keller's fine. I, you know, I, I hear stuff out there about Mitch Keller. I, I, I don't see it. I think he's had one bad start. Um, True. And the two prior to that were, were starts that a lot of, lot of bloop singles and badly placed hit. I, I just, sure. I don't see it. Gary, maybe you do. I don't, I don't see where the, he's a big concern. His yeah. velocity's fine. He, his pitches just haven't been sharp. His his average velocity's down, and it's funny. Like you know, I know that this was said on the fan uh, the other day because I was told that's where they heard it that it, that his velocity was down. His average velocity is down. He's not throwing as many four seam fastballs. So. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and he's right. not he's not trying to throw them with the same intent that he did either. He can still gas it up there. I'd be more worried if he couldn't reach it. But I've seen him I've seen him hit 98, 99. So I know it can happen. Yeah. He's just not doing it. So he can last longer in the games. And he quite frankly, with his stuff, he doesn't need to most of the time. Maybe, maybe that's his answer back to the league that is pushing back on him a little bit is maybe I got to reintroduce some of that velocity because they know I'm not bringing it now, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I think he's somebody that at this point knows himself pretty well and what he needs to do. God knows he's been through enough. I think he does. So, um, but yeah, that's a lot of, lot of question marks for a team that's sitting above 500 and barely out of first place. All right. Toddy agrees here. Uh, thinks Keller was pitching well until his last couple starts. Absolutely. I, I think, I don't know. I think it's overblown a little bit. Mm-hmm. I said on, I said, I think in my piece the other day, if Pirates have 99 problems and a Mitch ain't one. So yep. I just don't see that being an issue right now. Rich Hill, hey, he's holding his own. And I actually think he's hurting. He's wearing a knee brace. You can see through his uniform sometimes, <laughs> man. Like he, he is literally the living embodiment of Charlie Harris from major league. He he's throwing every piece of junk up there that he can think of every angle, every arm angle known to man. It's, but it's, it's, it is fun to watch it when you really like get into it and he's really going, man, he's fun to watch. Just mystify guy after guys. Well, yeah, I mean, he probably has no business striking out eight guys <laughs> in a major league game, but no. he, he 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 can still do that. Um, 
but yeah, he's another one that I just worry about as the season goes on. I mean, how how does he wear down? Probably. Sure. I mean, how how could you not at that age? Sure. But I mean, I felt like they had really given themselves a a pretty nice deep bench of 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 starting pitching. I thought, if anything, we kind of had a lot. And remember, Oviedo wasn't even going to make the opening day roster. Yeah, probably. You know, I mean. We we were set with with Brew Baker being in and Velasquez being in as grumbly as we were about it, and we boy it, it's been hit after hit it really has and they they didn't have this last year thank the Lord they really could have lost I, I, 130 games if it if they did yeah that's that's almost hard to believe but yeah it was actually they didn't have a ton of major injuries with with pitching. Yeah, hard hard to believe with the team that did lose a hundred games, but um, yeah, I just you know I look at it like I wonder what people would say, and of course you don't know what who it would be or the return or anything, but I wonder if people were okay if the Pirates started trading a little bit of this glut um, of position players in the minors for somebody. Uh, I, at least somebody's league average pitcher wise. I wonder how that would be received. I, I guess mean, it depends on who it is too. It, just, it depends on how confident we are that there's really a glut when they just made a a move to finally get somebody that can actually play defensive shortstop at the AAA level from another organization. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're gonna let they're gonna let Cruz come back and be whatever Cruz will be at short. So I don't, well, we're our, my my point was we always say there's a glut of middle infielders. There are, unfortunately, none of them are really separating themselves, and they're all kind of the same apparatus. You'd basically just have to have somebody that liked one of them better than another. I think like if you're looking to get a pitcher, you're going to have to give somebody the way that really looks like they have some promise. It's going to have to probably be somebody in your top 20 at least. Well, you that's, know? And that's like if someone said Piguero, how would that be received? Because that's probably the kind of guy you would have to dangle. He's the number six prospect. And yeah. Uh, I mean, if you believe Cruz is your long-term solution at shortstop, Regardless of whether he continues to make errors or not, you're going to leave him there because of his ability to make above average athletic plays to hopefully counterbalance it and his bat. I guess that's the philosophy. If that's your long-term plan and Nick Gonzalez or Termar Johnson or is going to be your second baseman or Castro or Bay or Marcano or yeah, whoever sure maybe you are able to move on from a guy like that or maybe you can put him in the outfield or i don't know baseball america still loves him pirates have to make a call on the 40 man with him i would say he's been on it two years in a row and he's in double a so you don't you know you can't let that go on forever they have a responsibility to these young guys too. You're going to have to balance these workloads and these expectations. So I, I agree yeah. with you that like, I mean, I just can't see how you stand pat. Forget about whether you're even in the division 
the race for the division. Yeah, right. I mean, well, if you were eight games back right now, you'd still have the same problem. Right. So, um, so I mean, you got guys that get waived. That happens. Um, starting pitchers, it's a little more rare, I'd say, that a guy gets waived. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm, I suppose it could happen, or you could have a guy that gets DFA'd off the 40-man who's been hanging out in AAA. You know, somebody somebody else's uh, but Caleb be, Smith. But, right. But there's usually a good reason for that, too, you know? Um, why is. they're why they're why why they're in that position i'm, I'm just saying looking, like these are methods you could go about getting it short of like the trading and oh okay and i i think trade seems to be the only way you're really going to get what you actually need here the other yeah. thing man jim there's some guys that i think we're going to get a cup of coffee this year that may actually get called into into service i think they're going to have a hard time avoiding using Quinn Priester at some point here. Um, I honestly am not pushing him. I, I truly can see the warts. <laughs> I really can. Yeah. But I also think maybe he's a candidate for being a guy that, you know, you got to put on the 40 man anyway in December. You have to, you're going to protect your number one pick, whether you made it or not who has risen through the ranks to triple a and is on the doorstep of major leagues. He's going to get protected. You know, you have to do it anyway. Maybe bring him up here and let him get his feet wet and let him see for himself what his stuff does against major league hit, uh, hitting mm -hmm. that helps kids. Sometimes man, some, some pitchers need to see that to really make change, to really have advice kick in. Yeah, and the hope is that when they do come up, even if they do have a little bit of struggles, that they can see what they they have a little success, but still see what they need to work on. Yeah, and then that's the perfect marriage of it. Um, and then maybe you catch lightning in a bottle, and they 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 just look good, and you can right. let them stick around a little bit. Um, but they have to be work careful. For Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they have to be careful with some of these guys too, because this is really the foundation of what they're trying to build down there too, with the pitching. So, right. um, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting this next month to see how they cover all this. I, I'd be shocked if they're just going to stand pat. I don't know how they could possibly do that. Yeah. But, I mean, another guy I didn't even mention probably should is, um, Kyle Nicholas. Uh, he's another guy. He he's already been snubbed for getting on the 40 man. You know, um, he might probably be... going to have to think about him next year. He, he's an he's easy guy along. to forget. He's Gary. coming along in double A a little bit. Alex Smith, Alex Stumford, a nice piece on him on DK Pittsburgh sports about, you know, how he's learning a lot down there in double A this year and not really changing the shape of some of his pitches and coming into his own a little bit. I, I think he's going to surprise some people too. Yeah, like um, he's easy to he's easy because we got some names now that have really been kind of yep. taking uh, the headlines away. But um, yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers this year, and yeah, I mean, there's something there. So I could, and he's still just 24. 
So yeah. maybe maybe he's a guy you could call up and see how it, how it would go. Yeah. So there's there's some pieces there, but man, like, like we said at the top, that's just a lot of youth, and and it's really hard to expect much when when you're expecting that much from youth. We also talked about another reason to reach out and try to get a pitcher at this deadline really doesn't have anything to do with contending either. It's time to go out and get a pitcher. You're going to have to do it in the off season anyway. Why not try to go out and buy somebody else's problem? You know, another team that wants to get rid of somebody that is costing them too much at this stage in their team build or whatever yeah. they're trying to do, get them for a couple years, do it this way. Make the trade now. Help the team now. Help the team next year as well. You you would like to see them be that aggressive. I know that, um, you know, I have my reservations that they would actually do that. I've heard. Um, there aren't a ton of those available either, we should say. Right. And, you know, today was the first day I heard about Shane Bieber a little bit for Cleveland and maybe the Pirates being you know, sniffing around there, but he's had a, a real drop off too. So like there's some inherent risk there as well. I, I, I think it's funny. Um, somebody actually suggested to me on Facebook and I, I didn't even, I don't look into this cause I honestly couldn't answer this if I wanted to, but they suggested he was really, really great with hedges last year and he's not this year. And, I don't know if that's scientific, <laughs> but it does seem to happen if you follow Hedge's career to certain pitchers. I can, I can remember hearing something that like, it's not just about that. Like his velocity might be down his like, so there's some other warning signs with it. Yeah. Um, that being said, even with him not being as good as he once was, He's still, I mean, he still has an ERA that's sitting in the th- mid threes right now. So, you know, Cleveland is so good with the way they handle their pitching development. They they have a guy come up, and he's the number five starter, and he struggles for maybe the first season, but they stick with him and they let him learn and they let him learn, and then. The next year he comes in and he's okay and he's a, he's a little bit better than he was. And then there's another struggling guy underneath him and you kind of forget about how this one struggled a little. Right. And before you know it, that guy's the ace and <laughs> that other guy's his back end and they've just got a, a conveyor belt and they just keep running them through. It's, it's actually, I bet Tampa envies it in some ways. It's so machine-like and they've done it for years and years and years. They actually um, don't get the credit that they probably deserve there in Cleveland. How many of them fall apart when they leave Cleveland too? Mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable, and they've had different catchers, they've had different coaches. It's just man, they just know what they're doing. It's really good. I'm looking at that division right now too, and it's as bad as ours, man. It is, and you know what. They're only they're four games under five hundred. Yeah. They're a game and a half out of first place. So maybe you know uh, this fits but, our narrative that MLB is a coastal league <laughs> because yeah. all of flyover country 
is a wasteland. The entire central divisions of baseball are, are terrible teams. Or at least not um, really World Series contending teams. Well, you probably will be hunting in the AL Central for that pitching. Because if you look at the other two, at least in the American League, everybody else is at 500 or above. Uh-huh. You've got two whole divisions that are you know, doing really well, uh, aside from the A's, which I'm not, right. count, I'm not even counting them. Um, and the Rockies, just you never know what they're going to do. Yeah. And the I don't Nationals, think- I'm not even sure. Like The Nationals have what? They're not going to move Gore. That's what I yeah. mean. There's, uh, it's too early to even have these conversations, right? But, but the point, the, the the point of all that is, though, is you start looking around. There's not a lot of teams that are uh, the Padres aren't going to. They're the Padres are four games under 500. You don't think that they think that they can get hot, right? I mean, they're not going to dump anybody. Um, no one's going to trade under. <laughs> yeah, no, you know the Mets are three games under. Um, I mean, the Nationals, I don't know, maybe something there. But I don't know what they have. You know, nobody's going to trade with the Pirates in the division. So where are you going to look for this? Yeah. You know, where are you going to get it? <laughs> you could probably get the Nationals to give you Corbin. Because he, he makes too much money. But you know what he does do? He takes the damn ball every fifth day. And he yeah. goes out and he throws six innings. And he gives up what he's going to give up. And... Hey, they may need to do something like that, man. <laughs> That's that awful, Gary. That doesn't sound too bad right now. Like, but you'd have to you pay know. for it. You know, just you could almost probably get them to give it to you for cash and a lottery pick. Yeah, <laughs> but that that just goes that just speaks to it when we're mentioning guys like that. That um, it's just easier said than done, too. It is my brother. Hey, let's let's turn up the volume a little bit here. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk a little pregame stuff because there is a friend of ours named Mr. McCutcheon who is on the verge of some pretty important stuff. I've heard about this. Yeah. So let's take a quick one. And we are back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. And Jim, Andrew McCutcheon is right on the doorstep of some pretty big milestones for anyone. But a pirate, it's uh, almost unheard of in, in modern day. So why don't you talk about some of those milestones besides the obvious, the 2000, everybody knows is two hits away. Yeah. He's two hits away from 2000 hits. Um, I would challenge pirate fans to think about when that might ever happen again. Um, sad to say, and the way, ba- the way baseball is going in general, people aren't going to accumulate the number of hits that we're that we grew up seeing and even some younger people that watch baseball have seen that's going to start going to 2,500 is probably going to be the new 3000. It's <laughs> Luis Raz d- disagrees. But. Well, yes, you, get, you have your anomalies, <laughs> but 
go around right now and look in baseball who's who might be a 3000 hit guy that's it's a real real short list and we're talking some really good players very much very much so yeah you've got that you've got i think he's still one uh one double away from 400 that's a big milestone is he one is he one triple away from 50 i mean you start adding all these I things believe to, so. adding all these things together um it really starts to give you the like the complete is Andrew McCutcheon Hall of Famer? No. But what it does is it gives you this like real complete picture of like how unique of a guy he was. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like when you yeah. can when you can get two thousand plus hits, when you can hit four hundred doubles with four hundred homers with X amount of steals. I don't even know what he's at with steals. And then you add you start adding all that. It's going to be a pretty short list that guys do all check all those boxes. Absolutely. But yeah. I mean, you ran a poll on, on your own again here about, mm-hmm. uh, about what people would do if they managed to get their hands on that precious number 2000 hit. Say it's a home run. It lands in your lap. Yeah. What well, are, but- what are your options that you give people here, man? Well, you figure it would probably have to be a homer or a ground rule double. I'm not sure exactly how else you're getting that ball in your hands. So um, it's got to be something like that. But yeah, so I had some fun with it. I was it popped. Well, the 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 kid for uh, Cincinnati the other day, uh, Ellie Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, he hit his first bomb, and a kid caught it. It just started making me think think of those you know type things. Yeah, yeah. But um, which was great. That dude got like his boys like sign. He took his whole crew for the meet and greet and got them all signed balls and pictures. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, a dude's kind of a legend. But um, so my the, it was real simple. I said, if you, if you caught Cutch's 2000th hit, what are you doing with the ball? Are you keeping it? Just flat out giving it back to him. Or are you giving it back, but you're going to get something back for it? All right. And, um, yeah. So uh, 700 votes. So really good response. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I got to give it to Pittsburghers. They love them some cutch because very <laughs> 46% of people said now, they say this now, 46% just said they're going to give it back. Almost half. All right. All right. I don't know if I believe that necessarily once they catch it <laughs> and you see a couple guys from the pirates, the lackeys come up to, you know, do, do Bob Nutting's bidding, but right. Um, yeah. And 50% said they'd get something back for it. Uh, 4% kept it real and just said, <laughs> I'm keeping it. So I actually respected anybody who did. I don't agree with that. Um, and then they actually, those people did comment. So I'll give them credit there. What do you think? I, I think that when they approach you to ask for the ball back, they, they, they tell you right away that they want to give you something in exchange. They would feel weird if you insisted otherwise, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, um, I think for the most part, I'd just probably want a bat or something. You know, yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't ask unless I was asked. I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, you know, um, I tried to get creative with it because I was like, well, I, I feel I feel you're within the right to ask for something. It's not really coming out of Kutch's pocket. You know what I mean? Like, right, you're not, sure. a, a, you're not getting any money. So I heard yeah, you're I not asking what? for him to like be your Uber driver for a month. You're- <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, I had people saying, oh, I want season tickets and I want uh, anything of like that big cat or cash. <laughs> they're not doing that. Like, uh, Yeah. They're not. I don't think they're doing that either. I, I think like you, you're safe if you want to be like, hey, can I have a bat? Hey, can I have a signed autograph? picture or something or hey meet can i meet, meet you meet yeah something like that you can probably get that stuff worked out i mean right. like but if you start asking for crazy stuff nah i mean like yeah i, I don't know. think i don't think you know he necessarily has to come to your bar mitzvah and <laughs> you know i i don't think he needs to show up to your christmas morning breakfast or or something right. along those lines, or he, he doesn't have to come speak at your church or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we, it's not hang out with Andrew McCutcheon for the day type situation. Like, you know, that could, by the way, that could get weird. Like, you know, you think it's great in, in theory, but uh, that could also get kind of weird for both, for both parties. <laughs> so bridge to, Bu- to Bucktober, Josh says, uh, it's his moment, not yours. And chances are, if you just flat out give it back, they'll thank you anyway. I, I'm sure they would. Um, I also think that they, they usually kind of present you with your options right away. They offer you a bat or they offer you a batting glove or something just because it tends to make it, the, well, they the, look, it makes things smoother. <laughs> well, they, I mean, to offer nothing. You're a major league ball club. You got stuff yeah. laying around that you could, I mean, you know, just get for nothing. Um, I thought about it for me. I'd ask for something back. What I would probably ask for is something. Okay. Like the ball's important. Um, he'll probably want to keep like the bat for it, but I, yeah. I, I would like, like, okay, I want something to tie to the event. So like, Sign the batting helmet for me that you got the 2000 hidden. Sign the batting gloves. Give those back to me. Give me one of those. Give me something that ties it specifically to it rather than just a generic bat off the rack. Because it's, you know, so that that's probably the angle that I would take. Um, and I think that's doable, right? I mean, I think so. I, I just don't. I, it's I've not never- like. I've never had the situation occur to me, so I don't know. I think yeah. we we talked about that at first. I think it'd be like you, know, you used to watch Who Watch Who Wants to uh, Be a Millionaire or, or whatever, or what's that Deal or No Deal? And you always think you could do better than them. You always think you have bigger nuts than you would if you were actually on that stage turning down like half a million dollars or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> you always think you, that you should. I just think when when you're actually on stage, you're going to be more like Ralphie up under Santa Claus, trying to tell him what you want, <laughs> and it's just stuttering out of your mouth, and you ask for a football. Yeah, being actually in it, it would be way different. I did laugh. Uh, our buddy Jay said, uh, "You know, for a catch, just give me a bat or a ball signed or whatever." But he was like, "If that's 
if that was pool hoses home run from last year or judges, maybe he said judges. He's like, that's going for highest bidder stuff. Yeah. And you know, for me, I can kind of see when you're talking, maybe like, look, the cutch ball is worth much. It's not worth a lot monetarily. Someone said that it's not worth anything. Well, it is the Andrew McCutcheon. It is the Pirates. <laughs> you know, it, like it is. It is, man. And like you know, if you made some big dramatic holdout, you know, you get booed in this stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would. So nobody's going to make a big scene out of it either. I, I think like the best way to handle it really is just like, yeah, uh, here's this modest request, and they'll they'll probably fulfill it. Yeah. Like I, th- I think it's cool. Just be cool about stuff like that. I guess. Yeah. I, I um I think maybe I would go I'd ask for the the spike sign from the hit but I would accept either the I would accept either the gloves or the bat from the hit but I would start at spikes because I think spikes are cool um to see up up close um, those are underrated in my opinion from a memorabilia <laughs> aspect because sometimes like you don't realize too like hey how how big some of these guys are and how big like the spikes are that they're wearing and stuff right, so, yeah yeah you know i'm a nerd about memorabilia so hey man i think all in all i i probably it's never gonna happen just like the lottery i don't play the game i don't sit in the outfield usually <laughs> so. yeah yeah it's gonna be hard to, it's gonna be hard to do it gary um right so the, the chances of me ever really it. getting one uh and i mean if anyone hits one up to the to the um the renegades up on top of the rotunda. Hey, uh, God bless you. <laughs> I mean, I'd give that person back whatever, because that is a strong person that can hit a ball. Up right. There. Right. Now, you know what? It'd be cool to see him do it. Maybe the 2000 hit would be a homer. That would be kind of cool though. Um, so maybe let's hope he gets it out of the way this weekend against the Mets. And then yeah. we're just talking about it next, next recording as something that's already said and done. He's not well, nervous about it, but it's there and you want to get it. You want to get it accomplished too. Well, this is serving as a pregame show a little bit here. So let's talk a little bit about the Mets. I mean, they've, they've had mm-hmm. a lot of injuries, man. They really have. They're, they're 30 and 33. Yeah, they're on life support. Like as far as like they can't afford to come in, they just had a brutal series. They have a really, really tough division. I one hundred percent know that the roster of the Mets is much better than the Pirates. I really do. But man, they they just don't look like a baseball team. They seem just like a bunch of parts just. Try, rammed together and, and it just doesn't look like it, it's working you know what and can they do they're hammered in on a lot of these contracts alonzo's out now for i think four or five weeks yeah yeah i think i saw four weeks and that's obviously somebody huge you don't have to worry about in the middle of that lineup yeah but i don't um, think offense has been their issue as much as the mound really yeah well look i mean i we're catching them. I think they're three, three and seven in their last ten games. Right. Alonzo's not going to be there. It's a home stand for the Pirates. Um, they're not going to have to face Scherzer. They're not going to have to face um, Verlander. Like 
you don't want to say you gotta do, I, so, you gotta do something to rebound yeah that yeah like that would be yeah after the a series like you 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 want to feel you want to get the feeling better about yourself you you, you need to win this um this series right. and because gary right because here's the thing too gary like after this Mets series they go on the road for nine straight divisional games. Yeah. Six, six against the Cubs, three against the Brewers. Um, that's a huge stretch. Uh, stretch. You don't want to be doing that, having looked awful against the A's and then dropping a couple more clunkers to a Mets team that looks like the walking dead right now. That would be disappointing. That would be disappointing. Yeah, it's 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 messy. We we definitely are gonna. I think let's see. Today we got Tyler McGill versus Rich Hill. That could go either way. Let's just be honest. Sure. Senga, I think has been pretty underrated this year. I don't think people necessarily know what they're about to see. Um, this this dude's got some filthy stuff. He really does. It's fun to watch. Um. I'm not going to enjoy it. I have a feeling tomorrow against Johan Oviedo. And then uh, Mitch Keller against Carlos Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco has not been good this year, but Mitch Keller is rebounding. So, I mean, but Carrasco is one of those guys, man. Yeah, it really is. They've got a lot. Like I said, they've got these nine straight divisional games. Um, The first six are on the road with the Brewers and Cubs, then they'll come back and host the Cubs. And then right. you get the Marlins, Padres, Brewers again. That puts you through June. You don't want to crap away a couple games here. All these teams, look, the Pirates can't count wins against anybody, but um, you can identify certain stretches where they, they can't underperform. Is it weird that I'm going into this Mets series more optimistic than I went into the A's series? I had well, you, a feeling that they were going to struggle gonna, with them. I was just going to say, you, ha- you had already kind of uh, hinted that you, you thought that there could be a drop-off. I was so convinced of the A's being so piss poor that I thought even with the Pirates, and as it turned out in game one, this actually did work yeah. that no matter how bad the, the pirates played the a's would still give sure. you the game and it and it, and it worked um and they, that and they did can happen. have that happen to them because they are that bad they're historically awful but the reason that, that they can't play teams like that is because they're a mirror team to them they, the pirates cannot play a team that wants to do the same thing they want to do <laughs> talk about well, like how they try to approach at bats and yep you want to yeah. hunt walks because you can't hit right and that's that's what the A's typically want to do and in the A's uh, kind of realized somewhere in in the second game of that series that we need to swing the bat and the Pirates didn't react like that they just kept trying to walk it just it never ever nets you what you need to get to get over the top. And it's something this team is going to have to grow out of. Individual batters are going to have to grow out of. I I know Andy Haynes takes a lot of heat. I don't like him. (laughs) I've I've never like made some big impassioned plea to be nice to him. I don't, I don't think that 
his philosophies are great. I also don't think he's preaching from a pulpit he built himself. He's implementing the team's wishes here. That, well, definitely. I think it's a merger of those two things, what he his philosophy right. is, but what, overall what the team wants to uh, highlight or what, however you want to say, attack, however. It's so rigidly applied, though, Jim, is the problem. It has good things. It can make you look really smart. When a team is is pitching on the corners and not getting the calls and, and you're getting walks and you're scoring runs with timely hits because of all these guys on base and okay, it's, it's a wonderful thing. The offense is clicking, but think of how many things have to go right to score runs that way. You got to have a pitcher. That's not going to challenge you. You got to have a batter with a great eye. You got to have a batter that takes good swings to protect the plate. You got <laughs> there's so many things that have to go right for you to actually succeed at offense there. Every it, once in a while, you have to swing the bat at a pitch that is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds, my god, has to learn this. He really does. I get what he is, I understand, but he needs to be a run producer in this offense for this offense to be a run producer in this offense. You have got to swing the baseball bat instead of walking when you've got runners at third and second, unless they intentionally walk you or make it so drastic that it's impossible for you to swing the bat because they're pitching around you that much. You have got to try to make contact there to get a run home. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this about Reynolds is like, he is, he's, uh, it's interesting because he will, um, he has a good eye, you know, I, that, but maybe it's too good in the sense, like he will still expect the pitch that he got a bad call on the next two times. He will take the same exact pitch to prove his point that, to, that, that like it's going to change. And then it, that, he's still upset about it. Yeah, uh, look, I don't. I'm not. I think Reynolds is still fine. Obviously, I think you do too. But yeah, it's a. It, there's a good point. And Gary, this is something that, like I mentioned before on a podcast. I don't remember where, but I, I, I will tell you this. It has always stuck with me. You talked about the rigidness with like what they're trying to teach hitters across the board. You know, for these games uh, yeah. and what they're expecting them to do. And I played for a legendary coach in, in high school that had been there for 40 years. Well, his assistants had been there 35 years. So, like, these guys were old school. They had seen it all. The rule was you couldn't go up. You could not swing the bat. Even the good hitters. You could not swing a bat until you saw a strike. And I remember an assistant coach telling me off to the side because, you, boy, you didn't dare say this with an earshot of him. He um, <laughs> was very Bobby Knight-esque, but it was the same thing. He said, that kind of approach can make some good hitters, some bad hitters into good hitters, but can also make some good hitters into bad hitters. Yes. And that has always stuck with me because it was like a light bulb moment for me, which, you know, it really is dependent on the guy and like 
how good at the, are they at jumping on the first pitch? How like how good are they once they get down in the count? So yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a little too rigid for my liking. I I, th- I think that's what it is, and I think it's rigidly applied. I think when guys come up from the minors, they they probably tend to be a little bit more free swinging. They tend to be a little bit more willing to chase something to get something done. Marcano is a guy like that. He's come up and and sprayed balls all over the ballpark, swinging at whatever he wanted and and having some success. And then when they reel him back in and they go, hey, 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 Tukey, Tukey, it worked for a minute. It isn't working right now. You you know, you have to focus at the plate and do this the way we want it done, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think they tramp down his effectiveness. I think what you do is you basically, you take these brilliant ceilings that these prospects have and you cut it off at the knees. You say, I'm only going to let you get so good. Like, Chukapita Marcano, I think we found out this year, is an ambush hitter. He likes jumping out and getting a, a, a fastball early. When he leads mm-hmm. off, he takes that first swing almost all the time. When he's in the five hole, he takes that swing almost all the time. I don't, it's I'm a very not sure how they how it took so long for them to let him evolve to that. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is you're trying to say like, they're trying to make it a very controlled setting for an at bat, you know, for a guy. And yeah, it can have that effect on some, some players. Um, Like maybe Reynolds is a guy who thrives in that order. Maybe, maybe he's a guy that needs that. He needs that structure. He's very mechanical. He always talks about timing. Every time you talk about his struggles at the plate, it's always timing. No matter what it is, where's the power? Timing. Where's the, the base hits? Uh, timing. Why aren't you driving the ball to the gap? Timing. He'll say it over and over and over and over and over again. And that's always what it is, right? He's a guy that enjoys the neatness and order of Andy Haynes' system, and it works for him. And he's a guy that can probably do okay with it because that's what he likes anyway. Right. It, it fits. It fits him pretty well. I will say the interesting thing about all this as we talk about this is I don't know why we're not talking. When I say we, I'm talking baseball in general. Why we're not talking about this strike zone and the weirdness of it this year. Like, it seems to be like everyone knows it. Everyone sees it game in and game out. <laughs> it's not getting talked about. Something clearly, I think, has been decided somewhere that the plate is going to be a little bit, you know, the strike zone is going to be a little bit wider. Um, and then you factor that into the Pirates specifically, and you're talking about teams that are hunting walks. Yep. Well, that's problematic when you're when you're when you're seeing game in and game out, at bat after at bat, where those things that you're depending on being balls are sometimes now getting called strikes and kind of consistently. Yeah. So yeah, it's another added element to it. I wonder if I wonder how these teams are factoring this stuff in. I don't know, but to add on to that the very incessant need to have you take a pitch or two and you, you wind up with putting your hitters in a box and yeah. some of them are not going to thrive in that box. That's you all I'm saying. 
All I'm you saying did. is when you get when you when you draft guys because of their high ceilings, which Ben Sherrington supposedly is doing, and when you acquire talent based on their ceilings, which Ben Sherrington says he's doing, you don't tramp down their ceilings. You allow them to flourish. You let them be who they are. That's that's all there is to it. You you have to you have to be able to see the best of what they can be. And and I hate putting them into into roles where they're all expected to hit a certain way or see things the same way. I, I just don't like that. No, I, I'm not a huge fan of it either. And I think too, like, man, you see this a lot. Like poor Jack, he's up there, he's trying to work the count, and whatever. There, look, there's a fine line between all this, by the way. This is we can talk about it. It's far easier said than done. Sure. But how many times have we seen poor Jack get up there and he's down 0-2 in account before before you've had a chance to take another sip of your mango? Right. Um, and then once you get 0-2, man, these guys today with the, with the movement, the run, the velocities that they're pitching at, you get down 0-2, Gary, it's a, it's a death sentence. Like, you've got to stay out of those counts. My so, goodness, Jim, we've almost talked to game time here. Yeah, you're right. It's time to go. <laughs> Fine, I'll shut up. It's time to go. Hey, let's let Toddy have the last word here. This was a good one. Uh, to be fair, Reynolds is on pace for 100-plus RBIs and runs scored. He could be somewhat more aggressive, but he is producing decent results. Yes, I don't, nobody's saying he stinks or anything. I, I just think that in certain situations, and I use him as an example, and I probably shouldn't have. I just think when you have somebody who's supposed to produce offense up at the plate, in a situation like that, a walk is not what I want you to produce. I want you to try not to produce a walk. I want you to produce a batted ball to score a run. And and I could have said that for Jack Sawinski, yeah. Castro, anybody. I want you to score runs. If it's hedges, okay, take a walk if you can. Please. <laughs> Get what I'm saying? There's a difference for me with, with the run producers. That's all. It, or if it's yeah. somebody like G1 Bay who's like, oh, my God, now they could score from first. You know, okay, take a walk. Right. No, yeah, there's certain types of guys that, that you look for certain things from. And yeah. I do agree. I mean, fair or not, Reynolds on this team has to be a run producer. He has to be. Has to. Has to. Um, but, yeah. So, and by the way. I do think Reynolds is going to get super. I think you're going to see him get white hot for a couple of weeks. I, th- I think like it's Dave right around says, the corner. Yes, Reynolds usually I, kicks butt with both feet in June. He's I think absolutely right. He's due for it. And even from the power side of things, I think you're just going to see a, a, a yeah. couple of weeks where he's white hot. So we'll see. So hey, and if uh, that doesn't that doesn't happen. I never said that. So <laughs> unless yes. uh, unless you've got anything else to say. uh I'd say we're done here. Happy birthday, yeah. Ben. We'll yeah. let him take the show away one, one time here. We'll maybe someday update his recording as he sounds older today than he did, what, a year ago now? When he's very white next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of these years, it'll just be at the end. Let's go, Buck. <laughs> Dad, get away. <laughs> I'll, have to pay, I'll have to pay him to do it. God. Absolutely. You'll just have Chris fill in one day. She'll just go, let's go, Bucks. Right, right. It'll end up being that. Yeah. But hey, big week, big week 
for them. Big divisional game. So let's 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 talk about it next week and see where we're at. All right, and uh, muck the fats, everybody. Let's go, Bucks. Yes, you, Bucks.